Here's a question. Was Joseph, even for a moment, even for like a flash moment, suspicious of Mary and suspicious of her all of a sudden being pregnant? I want to answer no. And I want to answer an emphatic no. And also I want to answer that the gospel basically gives you no way to show that Joseph was suspicious of Mary even for a moment that she may have had some relation in order to have Jesus. Now, there's the reason why this is even like an interpretive option is because of one line in Matthew 1 verse 19, where Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now, this is really important. Um, Let's just read the whole story, get the context, and then answer the question, did Joseph, was Joseph ever even for a minute suspicious of Mary possibly committing adultery and not, you know, saying, I have this child of the Holy Spirit. So let's go to it. Matthew 1 verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God's with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had borne a son, and he called his name Jesus. Okay, right off the bat. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. So betrothal in the Jewish world would have have meant you're married. But uh, it's this period of time where Joseph is trying to prepare a home, prepare uh, basically for Mary to... Um, come and live with him uh, more permanently. And the period of betrothal that Joseph and Mary would have had, um, they would not be having relations with each other. So we have when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, so they were legally married to each other, but they they weren't living with each other yet. Before they came together, Matthew says, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Okay. That's a big line. This is, okay, so this is like the first line of Matthew's gospel, basically. I mean, we have the genealogy, and I'd love to do an episode just on the genealogy, but this is kind of like the first line of like the gospel in a way is, Mother Mary betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. We've heard it a million times, but I should just reiterate, this would be really insane. Obviously, this has never happened ever before anyone to be born a child of the Holy Spirit with no father. (laughs) So her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Okay, so right off the bat, let's ask the question, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Okay, who found her this way? (laughs) So who found her to be with child of the Holy Spirit? That's the first question I'm going to ask here. So if it was before they fam- came together, she was found to be with child, and you don't add the gloss of the Holy Spirit, well, if you're found to be with child, then 
Like, and it's not Joseph, and it's probably someone else. Let me let me back up a second. So there's two kind of competing theories I probably should explicate here. One is called suspicion theory, and one is reverence theory. There's another one that's kind of a Levitical law theory thing, but I just it's too bothersome even to bring it up. It's so kind of lame sauce. Uh, <laughs> so the suspicion theory, and this was held by Justin the Martyr and a number of other people, um, and it's it's small, but basically that Joseph found her to be with child. And this, this line here that he was a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly, means that he is a just man because he follows the letter of the law found in Deuteronomy 22, verse 22. So that if there's adultery, then um, you know he's a just man because he follows the law, right? But uh, it's, it's a stretch even to begin with. Let's go to Deuteronomy 22, verse 22. It says, if a man is found sleeping with another man's wife, both the man who knew slept with her and the woman must, must die. You must purge the evil from Israel. Um, so, and, and this was the, the practice. So if you go to John 8, you know, the woman caught in adultery, the Pharisees come up to Jesus and say, you know, the woman's caught in adultery. The law says we should stone such as one. You know, what do you say, basically? Um, and that's because that's what the law said. So it's strange here. Her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. How is Joseph a just man? And if he's sus- suspecting of her, her of adultery, he is just willing to divorce her but not expose her, right? Because if he's a just man and he's suspicious of her being an adulteress and basically conceiving you know, this baby um, with another man, then if he was a just man, he would expose her openly and open up a case in, you know, the, according to the law. And we actually have an example of this. So Daniel 13 is an, an excellent example about Susanna. Uh, in Daniel 13 in Babylon, there was um, a man living in Babylon whose name was Joachim. He, mar- he married the daughter of Hilkiah named Susanna, a very beautiful woman and one who feared the Lord. Now, there were some wicked judges um, in Babylon who came to Joachim's house and Susanna was there and they basically said, hey, the gates are locked. There's no one else here. Either you're going to sleep with us or we're going to say that you had an affair and you're going to be publicly denounced, basically. Uh, It's a really very interesting story. Um, But she gets accused of adultery and they were going to put her to death. The Lord vindicated her. So I, so, okay. So I'm using that to say, if Joseph is really a just man and he's suspicious of her committing adultery, I mean, she's pregnant. So, I mean, if she if he's suspicious of her committing adultery, he can't both be a just man and one who's not willing to do what the law says. And so this line of being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame to resolve to divorce her quietly makes no sense according to the law. So I don't think he's being suspicious here. So let's take it first. Building this case that Joseph is not suspicious, um, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Found by who? Well, the only other person in this story right now is Joseph. So Joseph found her to be with child of the Holy Spirit. So if we're right about Mary and Mary was immaculately, immaculately conceived, con- conceived without sin, her truthfulness, I mean, she never would have told a lie. Uh, and she also never would have sinned. And so the idea that Joseph, who knows her, 
probably better than most, you know, he's betrothed to her, knows her very well. And Mary comes to him and says, hey, I'm with child of the Holy Spirit. Uh, There's only two ways Joseph can take this, right? Either he's suspicious of her committing adultery or he believes her with faith that she has a child of the Holy Spirit. Now, two scenarios. He's either suspicious because she's pregnant. He's either suspicious or he believes her completely, right? Or there's some gradient where he has some suspicion. I'm using either he believes her completely or has some suspicion. I'm basically saying there's no way, according to the story, to say that Joseph had any suspicion that she may have conceived this in adultery. Because it does not follow from the next line, her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So why? So then... Basically, so what Joseph is then considering with this divorce is what actually would actually be much more relatable here, right? His beloved, who he knows, is a pretty amazing person, right? I mean, if she's immaculately conceived and has been given all these graces, she's Mary full of grace. She's a pretty awesome person. That's to begin with. So he's betrothed to her. And all of a sudden, she's found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. I mean... You know, if I had someone I was married to but wasn't with yet, and all of a sudden they came to me, an angel appeared to me, and I'm with child of the Holy Spirit. I mean, and and I had credible reason to believe that, like in, like Joseph did, Mary's truthfulness, the angel, and all that stuff. Um, what would you know? Looking at our own, you know, my own sinfulness, I'd look at that situation and be like, "Am I ready to be the foster father of the child of the Holy Spirit?" I mean, am I, you know? Do I even, does the child of the Holy Spirit even need me as a father? Like, do I even need to be the father? Like, maybe Mary and that child just have their own role. You know, I need to like, he's being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolve to divorce her quietly. So he's not suspicious, but he doesn't really know what to do because he doesn't think he's ready to be the foster father of the Messiah or the foster father of the child of the Holy Spirit. He's just confused, right? Um, But as he considered this in verse 20, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Okay, so if you hold the suspicion theory that Joseph is somewhat suspicious and he's trying to figure it out and he's a just man, but for some reason he's not following Deuteronomy and he's not following what the law says to actually put adulterers to death, he resolves to divorce her quietly. So he's trying to get rid of her because he's like, this is this adulteress. And then all of a sudden the angel appears to him and says, do not be afraid. That which is conceived in nerves of the Holy Spirit, she will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, you know, and he goes back to Mary and he's like, okay, I'm done suspecting you. An angel appeared to me. I get it. It's just, it's a weird narrative. It it makes for a weird narrative thing. What I find to be much richer is that Joseph would have known Mary more than anyone else, except maybe, you know, her her mother and her father. Um, And so he knows her. And when she comes to him and says, Gabriel announced to me, the angel Gabriel appeared to me, announced to me that I'm going to have a son. His name's going to be called Jesus. You know, what, what's recorded in Luke's gospel, then Joseph believes her. But like any of us would be, is daunted by the task of being the foster father of the child of the Holy Spirit. Now, I think the, the biggest 
uh, the biggest proof on the side of that, Joseph had zero suspicion of Mary in any way conceiving uh, this child outside of this this miraculous Holy Spirit instance, I think comes in verse 18 when it says, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Who found her to be of child of the Holy Spirit? If it was said, if it just said, before they came together, she was found to be with child, and her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling, put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly, I could see how someone could interpret this passage as, Joseph was a little bit suspicious, the angel appeared to him, he lost all of his suspicion, and then he you know, woke from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, took his wife, and then had, you know, and called his name Jesus. I could see how you could have a little bit of suspicion. But for me, the whole line of she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit paired with the idea that Joseph being a just man did not suspect her of adultery and thus needed to bring in a tribunal, but rather just resolved to divorce her quietly so that he could, you know, let her have her mission and let him have his mission. No, this interpretation, Joseph was overawed with the grace that Mary had been given was wondering and doubting about his own ability to be the foster father of, of the Messiah. And here, ha- here comes the angel. Do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife. Why is the first thing the angel says to Joseph, do not fear to take Mary, your wife, if that was the reason why he wanted to divorce her quietly, right? He was afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So don't be afraid. This, your wife, Mary, has been given this great grace, and you are to be the foster father. You are to be the father to the Messiah, the father to Christ. And he's Joseph, son of David. He's this Davidic heir, and he's going to pass this Davidic lineage down to the Messiah. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Okay, verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is a quotation from Isaiah 7. In Isaiah 7, it's, we have, the Lord spoke to Ahaz the king, the son of Uzziah, the king of Judah. Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose t- two kings you are in dread will be deserted. Um, and we have this really big prophecy. Okay, you'll find in a lot of translations, this just angers me to no end. Behold, a young woman shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. What kind of, okay, I almost cost. What kind of sign is a young woman conceiving and you name him God with us? That is not a sign. That is an everyday occurrence. (laughs) You know, plenty of young women conceive and bear sons. Uh, So... No, the Greek gets it right that it's it's a it's a virgin, um, and it's it's not just a young woman. I'm looking at the RSV. The RSV has it as a young woman. Stupid. All right, this is really stupid. Behold, a, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. So, I mean, when you use the word young woman in this situation, it definitely means virgin. It doesn't just mean 
designate a young woman of, you know, whether she's a virgin or not, we don't really know. No, it's intending to show the virginity of the woman. And then that's the sign is a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and his name shall be called Emmanuel or God with us. Isaiah's prophecies play such an enormous role in the gospels and especially in Matthew's gospel. When we get to Isaiah 9, and we've actually uh, previously discussed it in a previous episode, the righteous reign of the coming king, um, this is the same Emmanuel prophecy that is fulfilled as this, um, the, the sign of a virgin conceiving and bearing a son named Emmanuel. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had borne a son, and he called his name Jesus. So, and I love also that Joseph, the father of, of Christ, uh, corresponds to Joseph in Genesis, the great Joseph, where uh, Joseph in Genesis, uh, Genesis 40, as well as in Genesis 38, has these dreams. Um, you know, the dream of Joseph that all of his other brothers are going to fall down before him. Um the dream that he interprets for Pharaoh and the dream that he also interprets for uh, the cupbearer and the baker in Genesis 30, uh, let me see, 37 onwards. So there's continuity between the Joseph in Genesis and the continuity that we, we have Joseph having this dream um, that the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And we also have the dream in um uh, Matthew 2, verse 13. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there till I tell you. And then in uh, verse 19, when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, take the child out, etc. And uh, eventually he goes to Nazareth. Uh, so it's, it's really cool to have that continuity of the two Josephs, that they're both uh, dreamers and interpreting dreamers. Okay. Uh, this I felt like I was kind of on the defense of this this episode. It was a little weird. Um, maybe it's because I'm 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 so convinced that suspicion theory is just totally untenable. Um, the idea that you can interpret this passage as as if Joseph suspected Mary of adultery to me seems to miss Joseph and miss Mary in a way that's just like catastrophic. And I. <laughs> This may, you know, this is one of the, I, I feel like this is one of the, uh, the nerdy points, you know, you know, we, people just don't, people don't get into the scriptural stories at, at such a nerdy level. Hopefully I wish they would, you know, it'd be great. You know, like I feel nerdy about this because I'm like, you miss who Joseph is. If you miss the fact that he believed Mary, he believed that Mary was found to be with child of the Holy spirit. He's a just man. He just didn't know if this was the mission that God wanted him to do. And he resolved to divorce her and let her do her thing. You know, I mean, Mary came to him and was like, this is my mission. This is, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant of the Holy Spirit. This is a huge deal. So um, that's why I think you should hold reverence theory. I don't think for an instant that Joseph actually suspected her of anything, um, but rather he believed her in faith, believed his beloved, believed his betrothed, the one that he married. And just a, a last point, but he knew her not until she had born a son. If you have any Protestant who thinks you're supposed to interpret that as well, then after they had uh, relations. So he againoskin alton heis ho eteken huion. So he knew her not until that time when she had brought forth a son. The heos ho eteken huion in the Greek 
until she had brought forth the son. The until does not imply in any type of way a discontinuity in which until that point he didn't, but then after he did. No, that's not what the Greek says. The Greek actually just means he knew her not until she had brought forth the son means there was no time in between there when he did with without there's no implication that that changed afterwards so the perpetual virginity of mary is maintained uh against all those who would uh say otherwise so this one ended up being quite extended for a very small point but uh hope you enjoyed and i'll see you in the next one